For me, it's really something amazing that we're starting, you know, not only a new year, but we're starting a new decade, and it's 2020. I don't know if you, you know, stood there to think about that for a second, you know. And we're talking about 2020 vision, you know, having this clear vision, perfect vision. If we could get that 2020, you look at 2020. I still remember, all right, and this is going to sound crazy, but when I was in middle school, all right, many moons ago, all right, it was many, many moons ago, and I was in middle school, and I was going to graduate from high school in 1995, all right, that was my graduation year from school, and I remember sitting in middle school and thinking, wow, I graduated in 1995, I'll be 18 years old, and I'll still be missing five more years to get to the year 2000, I don't know how many of you guys remember that. You know, but I was like, when the year 2000 comes around, you know, we're going to actually, it's going to be, you know, a new thousand years. It's gonna, this is crazy. Then when we were nearing the 2000s, I don't know if you remember the whole thing with the Y2K. You guys remember that whole, that everything is going to just shut down? <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, everything's going to stop working. Why? Because the computers don't know how to handle that, you know. And it was kind of crazy. But we got to the year 2000, all right. I was a youth pastor, you know, and I was serving God. And I remember that I looked and I was like, man, you imagine when 2020 comes around? And I remember fooling around, all right, with my leadership team. Because back then there were the elections that were going on, you know, and President Bush was running for president. I think it was against Al Gore, if I don't, if I don't you know, if I got it right back then. And I remember that, you know, this whole argument was going on. And I was like, man, I'm going to run for president in 2020. I mean, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to try to fix this whole thing. 2020, I'm going to run for president. You know, 2020 is here, man. I'm not running for president. Don't worry. (laughs) I almost ran for president of the Pastors Association, but I decided, you know what, I I was going to take a break from that, all right? But 2020 is here. And you might look at it, and it's a huge milestone. It's a huge milestone. And I want to tell you something. If God has you around, it's because he still has plans and purposes for your life. You didn't make it to 2020 because God is like, you know what? I need to have that 7 billion, you know, number above where it needs to be. So I just need a couple of people alive. So just let them roam around the earth. No. If God has you here, it's because he has a plan and he has a purpose with your life. And it's a good purpose and it's a good plan. The Bible says that everything that God does is good and it's perfect, even though we might not understand it sometimes. So 2020, you know, we're here and there's some unfinished business. Can you say that with me? Unfinished business. There's unfinished business. And I want to tell you, it's your purpose, okay, that determines your time here on earth. Okay, it's not your lifespan. All right. It's your purpose that determines your life here on earth. For example, when Jesus was 33, all right, and you don't need to look for the, but you can write this down. John 17, 4, Jesus tells the father, father, I have glorified you here on earth by finishing the work that you asked me to do. Jesus is 33 years old and he says, I'm done. I finished. And what did he do? He went to the cross. He died. He resurrected. He's at the right hand of the Father. By 33 years old, his purpose was complete. So your purpose, church, is that determines our time here on earth. If we're still here, there's still on. 
unfinished business. There's still things that God wants to accomplish. And Jesus is our model. Jesus is our example. So if he knew clearly, okay, when his purpose, you know, was finished, when it was not, there was a moment that, you know, he went, you know, to this wedding and his mother goes to him. He goes, oh, you know, the wine is finished. He goes, woman, you know, my time has not yet come. He knew what his time was. He knew what his purpose was. If he's our model, he's our example, we need to follow him. And today, to start off this year, I want to speak to you guys about priorities. Priorities. Because Jesus knew his priorities and he knew them very well. Priorities. This is a good time of the year to talk about priorities. I know that we all probably in this room have a list of things that we want to accomplish. And it was funny because at the end of the year, you know, last year, a couple of weekends ago, sounds like it was very far away, but it was actually two weekends ago, all right? Uh, I was up here in the front. I was praying for everybody. I don't know if you guys remember that. I go, I want to pray for everybody. And you guys came to the front, and we were laying hands on everyone. I remember this person that came to me, and this person was just broken. And, and, and I asked him, what, what's happening? What's going on? He goes, is that the end of the year came and all these things that I wanted to accomplish and I wanted to do, I didn't get them done. And I feel so frustrated and I feel so sad. And he was just broken. I had all these goals. I had all these things that I had set up and I did not knock them down. And now is weighing down in my heart and I feel anxious to go into a new year and putting order and putting priorities if I think I'm not going to make it. Has anybody ever felt like that before? That you feel that you need to measure up and get to this and get to that and you're falling short? And I had to step aside with him and say, you know what, let me, let me pray with you. Let me talk to you for a second. And, and, and as a grown man, he was sobbing like a little kid. Because all this anxiety was just coming to his heart. But when we talk about priorities, it's not God wanting to put some extra pressure upon us. The, the thing is that as human beings, we need to put our lives in order. And we need to prioritize certain things. For example, this morning you prioritize God before sleep. All right? You could have said, man, it's the first Sunday of the year. I'm going to sleep till like 1 o'clock, you know. You could have done that. But you decided to do what? Now, if you have a little one, you're not going to sleep till 1 o'clock, all right? That's not going to happen. All right? But you decided to do what? You decided to come here to church and prioritize and put God what? Put God first. And that's what we're going to be speaking about throughout the year in different series. We're going to be talking about, you know, putting God first. But today we're talking about priorities. All right. And I know that some of us have different priorities this year. Like, I want to lose weight. Good. I told some of the guys this morning, we were here in the huddle. I'm like, man, it looks like you guys have lost weight. I don't know what happened to you guys during the Christmas break, but I see you guys skinnier. And they're like, no, it's that we've been sick for two weeks. You know, I'm like, I do not want that remedy, you know. <laughs> I do not receive that, you know, I'll lose weight in a different way, you know. Where should our priorities be as we start this year? How should we put things in order? Which should be the order of the different things? That's what we're going to be talking about these next four Sundays, all right? But today, 
I'm going to speak to you about what I consider to be the main priority that we should have in our lives. And that is His presence first. That's the title of my message today. His presence first. If I'm going to talk about putting things in order and having priorities in my life, I want God's presence first in my life. If you guys could go with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms. 63, and we're going to read verse 1 through 3, Psalm 63, 1 to 3, His presence first. Can you say that with me? His presence first. Can you say it? His presence first. That's what we want. Psalm 63, verse 1, it says, Oh God, you are my God. I urgently search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there's no water. Isn't that how life is sometimes? It's dry. It's parched. We're going through these different difficulties and these different things. And then David says, I have seen you in the sanctuary and gazed Upon your power and your glory, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I love David writing this. Because he starts saying, God, you are my God. There's no other God. Okay, today we have a lot of options of things that we could go after and we could worship different things. And sometimes we even worship ourselves. But David makes it clear, God, you are my God. And I love that it's David that says this. You see, because David was a real man, all right? And if you're a guy here, all right, sometimes we think about David, you know, the little shepherd over there with the sheep and, you know, oh, nice little David, you know, and he got anointed. David was a warrior. David was a warrior. David was a general for Saul's army. He was like, I mean, there was a song that they made about David that Saul has killed a thousand and David has killed 10,000. You imagine what kind of guy this guy was. But it didn't matter how manly, how strong he was, how masculine he was. In his heart, he loved God with all his heart. And God's presence was number one for him. And he also writes, there's another Psalm, Psalm 27. You could go there with me. Psalm 27, 4 through 8. And these are like his insights, you know. This is like, you know, he, he, he wrote down different things that he was, you know, feeling and thinking about God and Psalm 27 verse 4 it says one thing I ask of the Lord the thing I seek the most let that fall in your heart the thing that I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life when David was saying the thing that I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord okay listen to this guy it's not that he was going to bring his bed to church all right he wasn't going to make his bed here and put a little nightstand over there. And it's like, all right, now I live in the house of the Lord. All right. What he was talking about is what he would encounter when he would go to the house of the Lord. And who would he encounter there? He would encounter God's presence. And that's what he's saying. If there's one thing I ask of the Lord, I want to be with him. I want to have a relationship with him. I want his presence in my life. He goes... It's to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. 
For he will conceal me there when trouble comes. He will hide me in his sanctuary. We'll talk about that in a second. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. Now pay attention to this. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. So he felt that God was inviting him and saying, you know what? Come closer. And he says, if you're inviting me, I'm going to go. If you're inviting me, I'm going to go. And there's an invitation from God to each of us in this room this morning. As we start 2020, God is saying, you know what? Come closer. Come to me. You see, there's this promise in the Bible. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. You see, the moment that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, okay, God has given you an open invitation. You can have as much of him as you want. And God says, come. If you're thirsty, come. Come to me. And David says, I have heard you. I have heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. You see, to David, God's presence was priority number one. You see, later on, he got complicated, you know, a little big-headed with everything that God had done in his life. And he falls in love with a woman that is not his wife. He takes her to be his. He ends up sleeping with her. He ends up killing her husband, Uriah. And he ends up hiding this for like about a, about a year or so. He commits adultery. He sends her husband to die. And a year later, the prophet Nathan comes to confront David for what he had done. And have you ever been at a point where you're trying to hide something from people? You're trying to hide something from God. You don't want nobody to know what's really going on. David was there. And he loved God's presence, but he found himself in that place. And when he finally gets confronted by the prophet, David takes a moment and he starts speaking to God. And the Bible records that in Psalm 51. You know what his concern was? His biggest concern in that moment, in that situation where he knows that he messed up and he messed up really bad. You know what his concern was? It's in verse 11 of Psalm 51. You see, his biggest concern at that moment, you could see his heart. You could see his passion. You could see his priorities. What David writes, he goes, do not banish me from your presence. He's talking to God. Don't kick me out from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. You can do, Lord, whatever you want. Take the kingdom away. Take away my prestige. Take away, you know, my riches. Take away everything. But if I'm going to ask you something, Lord, do not kick me out from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit away. I do not want to lose your presence. That was his desire. Can you and I, to start 2020, say that? That the most important thing for our lives is God's presence. And everything else around us could fail. Everything around us could fall down. But Lord, as long as I have you, I'm okay. If I have you, if I have your presence in my life, I'm fine. 
Can that be priority number one for us here at Numa Church this year? Can I challenge you guys as your pastor to make God's presence priority number one? Make his presence first in 2020. And I'm going to sure try to help you with that. As your pastor, I'm going to try to give you tools. I'm going to try to, you know, set things in motion and put them to work in this place to help you. To make sure that you put God's presence first in this year. So today, okay, we are kicking off our 21 days of prayer and fasting. All right. We're kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. All right. Some of us were good with the prayer. We need the fasting. All right. And some of us like, we need everything. We need the prayer and the fasting. Some of us like, how fast are you? No, it has nothing to do with speed. All right, I'm going to talk about that in a second. But today, we're kicking off 21 days. We're going to start today. We're going to go all the way to January 25th, 25, all right? 21 days where we're going to go after God, after his presence. And the way that's going to work, we've been doing it for a while now, okay? We're going to have prayer two times during the day here in this place. Some people like to come in the morning, so we're going to have prayer at 6 a.m., All right, before you go to work, before the craziness of the day starts, there's going to be people here praying at 6 a.m. So I'm going to invite you to come or at 8 p.m. in the evening. All right, you're like, Pastor, for me, it's hard to get there in the morning. Don't worry, come in the evening. All right, 8 o'clock at night, we're going to have prayer here. So 6 a.m., 8 p.m. And for those that like social media, at 12 noon, we're going to have a little snippet that we're going to put there for about 10 minutes, all right, where we're going to be talking about the theme of the day, what we're praying about, all right? So tomorrow, all right, 6 a.m., noontime, and 8 o'clock at night. You guys are all invited. The door is wide open. The door's open. What did David said? I heard you say, Come and seek my face. Come and let's talk. And my heart said, Lord, I am going. I am going. Now, not only are we going to invite you uh, to, to, to the prayer, at the end, they're going to give you this, this little handout. Okay, this talks about fasting. Okay, this talks about what a biblical fast is. What is fasting? Well, the reality, fasting is withholding from food. All right. So that the time that you would use to eat, you use that time to pray and to seek God. Now, there's different types of fast that appear in the Bible. Like Moses, Jesus, Elijah, they fasted for 40 days with just water. Okay? Now, in order to do that, you, you better be ready. All right? And, and medically, you better be in a good condition. All right? Now, there's different types of fasts. All right? For example, there's the Daniel fast. Daniel did a fast in the Bible where he only ate vegetables. All right. So you're like, man, that's even worse than not eating anything. Don't worry. Do the Daniel fast, you know, (laughs) eat your veggies too, by the way. All right. So you could do that type of fast. So at the end, make sure you get this paper is going to explain to you the different types of fast. There's verses that are in here. And some of you guys, other than fasting from food, you guys should also fast from other stuff that takes up your time. You know, whatever it is that your time and your mind goes after, about during these days, you say, you know what, I'm going to fast from that. I'm, I'm going to put that aside. But once again, the biblical fast has to do with food. All right? Like, man, I can't believe he's touching that. Yes, I am. 
All right. And last but not least, another tool that we're going to give you. And this is something that we are very excited about. Okay. We have this 28 day devotional book. All right. That we're going to hand out freely to each of you guys today. All right. Each of you guys are going to get a 28 day. Okay. And it has the logo of first. Okay, here in the front, you're each going to get a 28-day devotional book where each day there's going to be a special reading for that day. All right, actually, the 21 days of prayer this time, I build it around what we're going to be talking about here in these 28 days. Like, Pastor, 21 and 28, hey, listen, we're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting in the church. Then you got one week to finish this on your own, all right? I'm here to start up something in you, but you need to continue. Okay, you guys understand what I'm telling you? And the good thing about this devotional, there's at the end of every day, all right, there's a question. All right, and I love this. There's a couple of questions. Today, I feel God saying to me, and you write that down. My response is, and you write that down. My prayer for today is based on, and then you put your prayer based on what you read. All right, so it's very simple, but it's going to help us to put God's presence what? First. Put God's presence first. Now, in these last ten, 10 minutes that I have, I want to tell you that there are great promises and benefits for those that decide to go after God's presence with all their heart. When you decide to make God's presence first in your life, the Bible talks about Different promises, and I want you to write these things down. There's four that I'm going to give you. Four benefits that we have when we make God's presence a priority in our life. Number one, divine protection. Divine protection. And write Psalm 27 and 5 with that. Divine protection, Psalm 27 and 5. And we just read it. David said, for he will conceal me there when trouble comes. I want to give you a warning. Trouble will come in 2020. <laughs> it's going to come. All right. Maybe it hasn't come yet, but it's lurking. All right. And Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Trouble will come. And David says, for he will conceal me there. Where will he conceal you in his presence? When trouble comes. He will hide me away in his sanctuary. Once again, it's not a little hole down here. It's not, he's not going to hide you under this platform. You know, there's different, you know, outlets that I have over there on the side that you could actually crawl all the way down here. That does not mean that he's going to hide you down here. Oh, my trouble's coming. Let me hide under the platform in church. Hmm. If you go down here, you actually might get... Trapped with all the wires that they are down there. <laughs> Listen, what God's promises for each of us is that when trouble comes, if you've made his presence a priority, he will protect you within his presence. He will protect you within his presence. Within his presence, you could be in the middle of trouble. You could be in the middle of chaos. And you find protection in the midst of that. Look what he says. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. He will place you out of reach. The enemy won't be able to reach you. Even though there's trouble, you will be on a high rock. You know what that's talking about? 
That's talking about in the middle of the storm, there's going to be a strong foundation. Jesus talked about the one that stands upon the rock. The world could be falling around you. And if you make God's presence a priority, he will protect you. I've told the Lord, and these are my prayers. In Psalm 91, it says that you will see a thousand fall at one hand, 10,000 fall at the other side. You'll see the arrows fly by noonday, and they will not come near your tent. I've told the Lord, Lord, when I'm in a battle, I'm like, Lord, hide me in your presence that the enemy can find me. Let me be hidden in you. Cover me. Ask the Lord, Lord, cover me with your presence. Hide me in your presence. So when we make his presence a priority, what does he do? There's divine protection. Number two, this one's good, joy. Say with me, joy. Joy. Okay, there's a promise. Okay, there's a benefit that we have when we make his presence a priority. Psalm 1611. It says, you will make known to me the paths of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your presence is fullness of joy. Where is there fullness of joy? Where? In God's presence. Let me tell you something, guys. In the midst of everything that we go through, we need joy in our life. And joy is a promise that God gives us. And where do we find that joy? In his presence. Because if you try to find joy outside his presence, you're not going to find any. <laughs> you're going to find frustration and anger. All right? And bitterness. But when you have an issue, okay, and you go to God and you wait in his presence and you tell him to work in your life, all of a sudden something that would be heavy upon you, you know what? It's okay. It's all right. And you know what God gives you? He promises you joy. He promises you joy. Joy is that you're upbeat, you're happy, nothing puts you down. You know in whom you trust. You know with whom you're walking. There's a joy in you. Now, I'm not talking that you're walking around laughing all the time. All right? If you're walking around laughing all the time, they're going to put you in an asylum, man. They're going to think this guy's crazy, bro. You know, but I'm talking that there's a joy inside. There's a confidence inside. There's something that, man, they can't put you down. And no matter what happens, you don't see the cup half empty. You see the cup half full. Joy is a, pr a, pr a promise for those that make his presence a priority. Number three, peace. Peace. Exodus 33, verse 14. This is when Moses is talking to God about his presence. And Moses also made God's presence a priority in his life. And Moses told God, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us out of this desert. And they're having that conversation. And in verse 14, God tells Moses and he said, my presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you what, guys? Rest. Now, the original Hebrew word for rest there, okay, has to do with not only a physical rest where you feel, oh, I'm not tired. No, it has to do with your soul finding peace in the middle of each situation. 
your presence, God's presence will give you what? Peace. He'll give you rest. And that's a promise, guys, that I hold on dear to. Because I don't want the situations to shake me in this new year. I was talking to to my wife about my mom. My mom is going to be 85 in a few days now. You know, and I've seen her in the last months just start to deteriorate a little bit. And she lives with us. And I, and I told my wife, wow, man, she made it to 2020. To be very honest with you guys here talking, I never thought that my mom would outlive my dad. Because my mom doesn't take care of herself whatsoever. Okay, my mom could sit down and for lunch have cake. It's like, what are you doing? Having lunch? Like, eating cake. She could get half a Cuban bread with butter. With cafe con leche, all my Cuban people know what I'm talking about. And have that for breakfast every day. Like, what happened to the bread? My mom ate it. It's like, what? Like, what happened to cholesterol? What happened to this? She's perfect. Everything's fine. Like, you have people working out, killing themselves, and they want to keep everything in check. And here, my mom is like, breaking all those laws, you know? But I told my wife, I've seen her deteriorating, but she made it to 2020. I'm like, but I know that the day will come, you know, when she'll go with the Lord. And in that moment, I want to make sure that God's presence gives me peace, gives me rest. Because I don't know what tomorrow holds for each of you guys here. But if you make his presence a priority, I promise you, you have peace and you have rest in the middle of that situation. That's his promise. And the last one. The last one. Fourth benefit, and there's many more, okay? The fourth benefit of making his presence a priority, complete satisfaction, all right? This sounds like, or you get your money back, you know what I'm saying? But no, (laughs) complete satisfaction. What I mean by that is nothing missing, all right? There's nothing missing, all right? When you make his presence your priority, Psalm 73, verse 26, I love this verse. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He is your portion, guys, and he is my portion. What does it mean by being your portion? He's your everything. He's everything that you need. He's whatever portion you need today, he's that. Whatever touch you need today, he's that. He fills that. You see, my happiness doesn't come with the relationship I have with my wife. No, if I have a good relationship with her, I'm happy. But my happiness doesn't come from there because God is my portion. My happiness doesn't come, okay, if I have a nice bank account, okay? Oh, we all pray for that every year. And we're starting off the year and we're working with budgets and money and all that. God help it, you know? But my portion is the Lord. Health. All right. We all want health. All right. You guys saw me at the end of the year limping around, you know, with my Achilles and my foot messed up. Man, it hurt. But you know what? My happiness doesn't come from that. My happiness comes that God is my portion. He fills my all in all. He is my everything. So those are four benefits that are promised for you. Are promised for you, are promised for you, are promised for me. If we make his presence a priority in this 2020, 
You see, in this series, we're going to talk about family, you know, and a lot of us need to put our families in order, you know. Some of us have our family out of order. I want to tell you that because there's even an order of priority of how the family should work. We're going to talk about that next week. Relationships. You know, some of the guys here, your boys have more influence over your life than even the voice of your wife. We need to put that in order, put priorities in that. So we're going to be talking about that in this first month of this year. But priority number one, his presence. I want him. I want him in my life. Because if I have him, then everything else is going to fall into order. Everything else is going to be in its place. So we're going to help you. 21 days of prayer, we kick off today. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. And I just want you in your own words. Because I could give you, you know, eloquent words and all that up here. But I want you in your own words. Take a moment right there and tell God, God, I want to make your presence a priority in my life in 2020. Can you tell him that? Close your eyes so you don't get distracted with the, you know, different things that are going on. And just tell God in your own words, Lord, your presence first. Daddy, God, your presence first. I want you first. May you be my priority in this year. And you're going to see that as you do that, his peace is going to start coming upon you. As you do that, his joy starts coming upon you. Protection will come upon you. Complete satisfaction. Thank you, Lord.